This is Alejo Stark, co-producer of Rust Belt Abolition Radio. You're tuning into Michigan's Kinross Prison Strike, Reflections from Inside, an exclusive archive of audio interviews with people currently incarcerated in Michigan who witnessed and lived through the historic September 2016 prison strike. In this segment, we hear the voice of Ajamu Baruti. Ajamu Baruti is a political prisoner currently incarcerated in St. Louis Correctional Facility. He values study, analysis, and writing. His article, Psychological Warfare in Prison, Segregation is a Soulbreaker, was published in the San Francisco Bay Bureau while he spent nine months in solitary confinement, including two months in an observational cell, in the wake of the events at Kinross Correctional Facility in September 2016. He was transferred out of Kinross after being hit with an incite to riot or strike ticket. Ajamu begins by telling us what went down last year at Kinross. What went down last year, uh, it was called for a national prisoner uh, uh, work stoppage. The only thing went down was the brothers uh, at, the, at the facility, they just didn't report the work. It showed solidarity and unity, uh, uh, bring attention to the problems that was up there. About the food, they had bad ventilation, people was getting sick from the ventilation, the races over there, over, it was overcrowded because they put us in a facility that could only, I suppose only hold 800 people, but it was 1,200 people there. So the overcrowding was there, and it caught, and that caused the condition. So we was trying to bring attention to those conditions. And then after we, it was a, it was a friendly, most, it was a friendly protest. Everybody was just friendly protest. There was no violence involved in it, nothing. And then the administration retaliation, they came back and locked over 600 prisoners up behind that. And se- administration segregation for eight months behind that. Prison was charged with, uh, uh rioting and inciting, inciting a riot. And was everybody, mostly everybody was found guilty of that. And then our security level was, it was raised up to a level four. And I'm told now that we got to stay in this uh, level four close custody to about six months, and then we'll be returned back to our original custody, uh, level two, medium custody, uh, after about six months here. So all this is retaliation. I'm a, I'm a level four at St. Louis Correctional Facility now, and I don't think it has changed. Did anything come out of that protest? I don't think so. Because it's still, it's haven't changed. The food is still worse here. You really get less portion of food here. The whole thing is about control. Control your movement. Control your, uh, what you receive in here. Because I just received a paper from the San Francisco Black National Paper and they was talking about the million prisoner march that just happened August 19th in Washington DC about the human rights and they rejected it. And I asked the counselor about why did you reject it? It's not advocating violence. But she just said, speaking about human rights and talking about the condition of prisoners here. So anytime you talk about prison conditions, they don't want the prisoner to hear that. They don't want that kind of news to come in here. The conditions haven't changed. I was placed when uh, the incident happened. They rounded all of us up. They took us down. They had, they had to open another prison. They had to open another prison that had been closed for several years. It was Northside Prison. It had been closed. They wouldn't even open. They had to just open that prison, get this house about over a hundred some prisoners from, from Kinneroth to put them in there because they had nowhere to put them. They had to cut the water on. The water came out dark, or dark orange because they had them in all. And the condition was real. It was, it was beyond human living because there was so much dirt and filth in those cells. They put us in there for about three or four days. And after that, they moved us to Northside Quarantine. And we stayed to stay there about a, three weeks. And then we, everybody was transferred to Oaks Correction Facility Administration Segregation. And once we was put there, I was placed in observation cell for about two months. I was there, I was there first. There was two cells that had a camera in there and you can't flush your toilet. You got to be flushed from the office from the outside. And they said I was only put in there because they had no other cells to put me in. 
But that's kind of sounds kind of strange though. And you know, and they put me in there for two two uh, two months. And then the food condition was worse. We sometimes get left food. It was really about psychological control, you know. And uh, I seen brothers, uh, I seen guys getting gassed in a hole in there because they was protesting about the food, the condition of food. They saying they was holding their trade. So they were suffering their stuff to get gas. Gas me. Then the response team came. There were six gas came. They gassed them and took their trade. And it's really about it was psychological. It was psychological warfare in, uh, in a hole. You know, I was just blessed to last. And when I stayed a hole, administration segregation for eight months. And I was finally released with the help of MAPS and uh, different organizations protesting about us being in a hole, but it was cruel, not usual punishment, and it was torture. I was transferred from a cold water facility up to, up to Ken Ross. I don't know why I was transferred. They just said they was transferring me up there because it was, they needed the bid space. And then once I got there, the Ken Ross, it was, uh, Ken Ross, it was, a, it was another facility. They closed Ken Ross, they closed the original Ken Ross now, and they opened another prison, Hiawatha, and made that out of Ken Ross. Hiawatha, they made it out of Ken Ross, but it's smaller than the original Ken Ross. That facility was only originally a hold, was a hold about six to 800 prisoners. But once they transferred us over, they opened it back up. If we had over 1,200 prisoners there, and it was overcrowded. If we, we were living in a condition, a cube area, where eight men were living in a cube area, a size of a, a large bedroom. We had eight men living in there. And we had poor uh, ventilation. There was no fire uh, system in there. It was overcrowded. And that's what caused the condition. And then we, we, were, getting, we were getting less yard up there. Sometimes you only get a half yard all the yard because he has over 1,200 prisoners and it takes all day to run, run chop. So we're getting less shower and gas. We're getting sick from the ventilation because, because it, they had just opened that prison up to move it there. And once they opened the ventilation up, the, the air was coming through there. It was getting people in the lungs and was getting people sick. I know because it was a guy in my unit. It had to be about four or five guys. They had to rush him to the hospital and they, and they messed up their, uh, the cardiovascular system because they got into their lungs. So once he got back, I forgot to get the, the guy's the brother's name, but once he got back, they had to put him on medication because he got into his lungs so bad and he caused his short of breath. They messed with his system so bad, so he had to get out there and walk because he could walk one lap and he was, he was just so tired he had to sit down. This was a young brother. He had to be about 29 years old. So he was supposed to get in contact with a lawyer and trying to get a lawsuit in behind that. But I'm just saying, we shouldn't have been able to be susceptible put in that condition. Because the prison wasn't already be open, we shouldn't have to live in no condition because we were uh, put us in no condition to get sick. But they pushed us, put us there anyway. I hope that it brought a lot of awareness and conscience to the, to the fellow uh, prisoners here. We let, let them know that the prison system is nothing but a big business and we the commodity. And let's, uh, I hope it brought a, a political awareness to the prisoners, especially the young prisoners coming here. Because where I'm at now, St. Louis facility, it's nothing but young brothers, young brothers here. It's the average age here at the facility I'm in now is between 18 and 32 years old. And they have no political conscience at all. They don't know how the prison system is. The prison system, if the 13th Amendment says slavery is not permissible unless you've been convicted of a crime. So we all been convicted of a crime. So it means that slavery is permissible. Prison system is the new slavery. And, and brothers got to understand the conditions we're in. And they got to get political awareness that prison is nothing but a big business. That's all it is. They don't care about our welfare. And we suffer to, especially we suffer to uh, uh, racism because most prisons are built in rural, rural, rural areas. And most prisoners that confined in these rural, in these prisons are from the inner city. So you have, inter, you have interacted with these prison, these prison guards, they're mostly white. So they don't have no, they don't know how to deal with uh, a black, so that's where the racists come in. We are constantly, we're in a psychological warfare.
because what they want to do is destroy our mind. In other words, if you get the mind, you got the body. We say, uh, Carter G. Wilson says, as a man thinker, it may be coming. I mean, in the Bible, says, man, as a man thinker, it may be coming. If you control a man's thoughts, you don't have to worry about action. And we're in a psychological warfare, so brothers got to start getting political conscious. And they got to read. We got to read and broaden our awareness. I said, solidarity love out to everyone. Thanks for listening. You can hear more voices from this report by visiting michiganabolition.org. This collection of interviews was produced by Rustbelt Abolition Radio with the help of MAPS, Michigan Abolition and Prisoner Solidarity. Original music by Bad Infinity.